This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, fellow explorers, to Awareness Explorers. I'm your co-host, Jonathan Robinson, and with my friend and trusty cosmic explorer. Brian Tom O'Connor. Good to see you, Brian. We, I'm really looking forward to this topic, which is the potential value and potential problems of psychedelics and other type of medicines for experiencing awakening and higher states of consciousness. And what makes me excited about this is that the format of this will be a little bit different than usual. I know that you're a little bit skeptical about their use, and I tend to be more of a proponent. Uh, my background this way is I have actually studied psychedelics and the drug MDMA academically. I got my master's thesis on the therapeutic effects of MDMA, better known as ecstasy, on PTSD back in 1983, which shows you that I am no longer young. But what was interesting back then was how effective it was. And of course, then the government made it illegal two weeks after my master's thesis. And next year, it will be made legal again, uh, because the results of phase three trials have been so good that it will be a government-sanctioned medical option for treating PTSD. But enough of that background. What I hope to do today is talk about how I think these medicines can be useful and answer various questions you have and various skeptical questions that I think are really warranted when dealing with anything of this power, whether it be sex, drugs, rock and roll, they all have a good side and a dark side. So with all that introduction, what, what shows up for you when we thought of doing this episode on psychedelics, plant medicines, and MDMA? Well, first of all, I have to say that it actually took me a long time to agree to even do this episode, um, because I am very, uh, very skeptical, because let's face it, drugs are dangerous. However, not to be hypocritical, I certainly did my share of them in my youth. I mean, in the old days, I did, a, did them a lot, but they were always for recreational purposes. I actually don't have any firsthand experience of using them for spiritual experiences, unless you count laughing hysterically with your friends as a spiritual experience. I do. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, in that case, then I did. <laughs> you know... Uh, um, I think you bring up some important points right off the bat, that they can be dangerous, and I do want to talk about that. And unfortunately, as they get more popular, they get more dangerous because you have a lot of people using them willy-nilly in really bad settings and using them recreationally rather than as a potential valuable tool for inspiring one and giving glimpses of higher states of consciousness. And that's a problem. As you know, I actually lead journeys for people with these types of substances in very controlled settings and have never had someone had a bad experience, but I've certainly been to parties where people were taking these types of drugs and having very bad experiences. So it's very important that people be well-informed, that they have a good mental set, a good setting that if you're going to take 
powerful medicines that you make sure that you have someone there who can help you through any difficult time. Uh, so I do want to do those caveats right off the bat. And, you know, the other thing is that everything can be abused. I mean, you know, a butter knife is a good tool, but if you're using it to stab yourself or somebody else, it's, it's dangerous. And anything of power can be used well or can be used poorly. And when you get teenagers or other people like that using these things just for recreational purposes to change how they feel, I'm worried about that as well. Uh, yeah, I agree. Although I'm not sure I go along with the butter knife analogy. I mean, I've I've seen, uh, you know, firsthand experience of boost back in college days of people going insane and killing themselves under the influence mm -hmm. of LSD. So this is why I'm very skeptical. But the reason that I agreed to do it is because I decided, well, people are probably going to be doing this anyway, whether I approve of it or not. And uh more information is better than less information. Especially when you're dealing with powerful chemicals like this and plant medicines. And yes, I do believe that more information is better. Probably a better analogy in the butter knife would be like a car. You know, a car, people now need to get a license and learn how to drive and do it hopefully somewhat safely. And if they don't, there are things like highway patrol to make sure that you don't do that again. And unfortunately, there is no certification right now for either uh, guides like what I've done or for people who take these medicines. And that means that these powerful things can easily be abused. One of the things that I think is important to recognize when dealing with these medicines is what is your intention? You know, if your intention is just to get high and have fun, well, that's probably what your experience will be. But if your intention is to get a glimpse of other states of consciousness to help inspire you, motivate you, and or help you to learn or know a path to awakening or what that is all about, that's a very different experience and unfortunately, most people do take these just recreationally. But, you know, around things like the ayahuasca popularity, you know, people go to Peru and they get a shaman and they take it in a group. I think that's likely to have a much better result than the people who are taking it at a party that their friends gave them. Yeah, I can certainly see that. And I agree the car analogy works better. And also, I agree with your concept of intention, which brings me to my main question. Why take any of these drugs or spirit medicines? What, what would be the attention, intention in the context of the subject of this podcast, which is spiritual awakening and non-dual inquiry? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, first I'll speak personally and then what I've seen. When I was 16, I was kind of still depressed and I did take some LSD and it opened me immediately to that there was a world outside my complaining mind and into a, a possibility of joy, love, awakening, whatever I might have called that. And the day after I took that drug, I enrolled in a meditation course because I knew 
that that glimpse was not something to just keep on repeating with drugs, that it showed me a possibility. And from that possibility, I got into various spiritual disciplines. I think a lot of people are so caught up in their mind and in the regular world of materiality in this culture we're in, that having a tool to help you to dramatically step out of it is often a prerequisite for seeing that there's something else that's possible. I was once at a workshop with uh, Ramdas that had 500 people. And Ramdas had every person say one sentence about what was most impactful for them getting into spirituality. And I took notes as to what categories things fell into. And of the 500 people, 380 of them said that psychedelics was the key thing that got them in their spiritual search. Other people, others, people said things like a near-death experience or a depression or the death of a friend, things like that. But, you know, you have to take that seriously. Like, that's a a major introduction and whether or well, not it's go on. I mean, not, not to poo poo your, your experience here, but I mean, after all, they were at a Ram Dots lecture. So yeah. the fact that, that the majority of them had psychedelic experiences, I mean, that's self-selecting. I mean, it is. you know, that he was part of, of the Timothy Leary uh, crowd and the, and the whole explosion of, of LSD. So I don't, so I'm not convinced by that, but I do understand that sometimes it could be good to have a taste, have an experience or have a goal to see, oh, that might be what it's like to see that everything is all connected and then go for, go for that. Having had that experience in your memory, go for that without the drug. Because uh, Angelo DeLulo was on one of our recent episodes and he talked about this and he said one of the dangers is that after your initial awakening, when you start to see your true nature as universal consciousness, a lot of emotions start coming up from the surface. They start getting sort of dislodged and released and come up. And that's a natural process. And if instead, if, if to, to counteract that, you go back to the drug and keep taking it over and over again. It's not, it's going to prevent that natural process. So he was in favor of maybe taking it. See, I'm, I don't want to put words into his mouth. I don't know if he's a proponent of this or not, but the idea was that if you do take it and you do get that glimpse, you don't keep going back and getting the glimpse over and over. You use the glimpse as a goal in your meditation or your inquiry practice. Well, let's both say that we seem to agree that these things can be valuable for glimpses and that once you get a glimpse, it can be useful for knowing what you're, you know, if you want to hit a target, it's helpful to have some idea of where the target is. And these medicines can do that. Now, whether they are useful or not after that, I think is a really interesting question. And I um, my, my short answer to that is it really depends on the person. <laughs> and in fact, I would say that the more likely you are to be a person who keeps doing these drugs, 
the less likely it's going to be helpful to you. And the less likely you are to be a person that would keep doing these drugs, probably the more helpful it would be to you because those people tend to be a little bit more stuck in certain mental habits. And these drugs will take you out of those mental habits in different ways. Now, I should say that there's really two ways to think of these drugs. One would be as taking a big dose. And studies show that big doses of psilocybin and LSD are very effective for helping people get out of anxiety and depression. Even six months later, one big dose of LSD or psilocybin mushrooms can actually reduce the chances of you being an alcoholic by like 80%, huge numbers. That's why the, these drugs are now being considered for medical purposes just because the results are so incredible, even just one large dose. So I don't want to argue with the data. You know, studies of MDMA therapy, which I have done, show that in 90% of cases, it's very helpful. Well, there is no other, other therapy that comes close to that. So just on a therapeutic data analysis, you have to say, well, for some people, these things are very useful, but those are usually one big dose and not ongoing, you know, every six months, every three months, every week, which is what some people are doing. So I agree with you that we have to really be skeptical about people who are doing these drugs frequently because there's not great data that shows that that's very helpful at all. And also, uh, as opposed to um, big doses, there's also such a thing as microdosing. What's that about? I'm glad you brought that up because I personally find microdosing to be a whole different category and much more useful for integration. So, for example, yesterday I took a microdose of magic mushrooms, about one-fifth of one gram. Is that the same as psilocybin? Yeah, that is the same as psilocybin. And I was exploring different states of consciousness and writing about them so I could eventually get back there without the drug. Like, what? okay, why? what is different now with one-fifth of a gram, a very, very small amount, that I can write about in detail, kind of like a map, so that when I'm not on this drug at all, I can more easily get back there. And I wrote like four pages of really useful information. So this morning I read those pages, got right back into that state of consciousness without the drug, and I found that exercise incredibly useful. Um, the other thing with microdosing is it can show you when I do a microdose and then I have a regular day, it shows me what my life would be like if I was just a little bit higher if I was just a little bit more slowed down. And I noticed that I'm not rushing between stuff. I'm more likely to sit for a minute here and there. My wife says that she can tell, even though I'm, I'm pretty normal, she says, I can generally tell when you're microdosing because you're more loving. <laughs> you know, so little things like that, I think can be helpful. But microdosing is very different than taking a large dose and I think more helpful for integrating these higher states into daily life. 
Wow, that's really interesting. Well, I can't argue with uh, more loving, being more loving. That sounds like a pretty good thing. But it seems to me there are also two ways of looking at it. Uh, the use of um, drugs or spirit medicines, if you want to use a euphemism. Uh, and one is psychological and one is spiritual. And so from what I've read about uh, using uh, MDMA for something like PTSD, there's been a lot of research and experience that it is um, very effective. And that is all, I think, on the psychological side. And uh, then on the other side, there's spiritual awakening, which I would define as seeing your true nature as universal consciousness. And that's that's another thing. So we might get into the difference between those two later. I'm slightly less skeptical about the psychological side because of the research and slightly more skeptical of the other side only because in firsthand experience i honestly don't think it's necessary i mean yeah. it's just you know in my experience it's just there's this pure awareness that's always there and so reliable and the pure joy of knowing your true nature is just there but who knows? Maybe, maybe um, all the maybe the drugs I took back when I was in college and a hippie maybe they had some effect. But I think that the other purpose of this is informational. So I would love for you to go through these these different substances and tell us the differences and what you learned and what you know about it, so that you can share your uh, your knowledge and information with our listeners. Sure. First, let me uh, respond to the first part of what you said, which is that we have to realize that in reality, uh, for a lot of people, there is not a clear distinction between psychological and spiritual, that these drugs have different effects on different people at different times at different dosages. So everything we say is subject to that. And also that your experience might be very different than somebody else's experience. So you might not find a certain drug that useful because you found an ability to tap into pure awareness pretty easy or pretty noticeable. Whereas when I talk to a lot of people, they have no idea what that means. They have no experience of it. And then they take a drug and then they go, now all that makes sense to me. So, you know, yeah, you probably didn't need it. And, and Joe Jones, when, ever get anywhere unless he had them. So people have very different experiences and need different tools at different times, as we've talked about a lot. Well, I think that's a good point. So thanks for that. The second thing about, I'll go over a few different uh, medicines very quickly. Of course, there's LSD, last nine to 12 hours. It's quite a ride. There's hallucinations. Um, the drug by itself is not addictive. It's not really bad for you uh, physically, but if you have a bad trip, it can be a very bad experience. So I would definitely recommend anybody taking LSD, take it with somebody who's had it before, can help you through any difficult times and start with low dosages. You know, why are people starting with massive dosages? You know, get used to something before you uh, melt into reality and, and forget who you are. So that's a little bit about LSD. Uh, psilocybin magic mushrooms, 
last three to five hours, depending on how big of a dose you get. They often have a very similar experience to LSD, but some people will say it's a little bit more body oriented and therefore more organic. And they like that aspect of it more. Then there's things like MDMA, better known as ecstasy, which is not a hallucinogen. It works through a totally different system. And what it does, uh, the classic story I tell about uh, MDMA is one day my parents asked me why I did all this spiritual stuff. And I said, well, it's really I'm going for a certain experience of life. And they said, well, what is that experience? And I said, well, I could say it in words, but it won't mean anything to you. If you really want to know, there's a drug called MDMA that can give you an experience that is very much like what I'm, I'm looking for. And they, to my surprise, said, okay, give it to us. So I gave them a couple pills and gave them instructions as to, you know, a set and setting to take it. And a year later, I asked them, did you ever take that drug? And they said, yeah, we did. And I said, well, what happened? And they said, nothing. And I'm like, what? You know, nothing happened? They said, yeah, you know, we took the drug and we waited like 15 minutes and nothing happened. So we just sat on the couch and we um, end up, you know, we had the whole evening to just be together. And we ended up talking about how wonderful our lives were and how much they loved each other and how grateful they were for things in their life. And then they spent a couple hours cuddling. And of course, I'm laughing during this whole time thinking, you know, they didn't realize that they were on the drug. So I, I told them, well, those are the effects of the drug. And they said, no, no, we were just, you know, really loving that night. And I found it really funny that they were having the experience. They told me it was one of the best nights of their whole marriage. Uh, and from then on, I had a, a common language with them that I'm trying to go for the experience they had that night. And one of the great things about MDMA is it doesn't really feel so much like a drug. You don't hallucinate or anything. You more open to a feeling of love and you can let go of a feeling of fear, which is often making it hard for us to face certain things in our lives. So it's very therapeutic. Um, I actually Zoom with people who are on the drug and I help them overcome either PTSD or other psychological issues, usually in one day, rather than spend a year or two in therapy. And it's very effective and it's very sacred work because you're really getting down to the issues that are holding people back very quickly and being able to sort them out in a way that people leave that stuff behind. Well, that all really sounds great and marvelous. Uh, I don't have any experience with it, but I do know a lot of people that used it. Uh, you know, these were these were club goers that used it a lot. And and there have been, you know, some not very good stories of, of experiences with that. Uh, so what are the dangers of it? Well, one of the dangers is that you'll use it to, you know, go to clubs and dance all night, uh, which people obviously have done. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, if you, 
if you have a, a diamond, you don't necessarily use it to scrub your toilet. You know, you want to use it to cut the diamond. Um, and people often use these drugs in, in ways that are more recreational than their full potential. The other danger is that with any of these drugs, there's some taxing of the body, meaning, you know, you're going on a very powerful psychological or spiritual trip. And with MDMA in particular, it uses up a lot of the, your, your neurotransmitters of dopamine in particular. And so often the next day you feel a little tired or a little down. And if you use these drugs such as MDMA frequently, it can lead to a depression because you're having less of your neurotransmitters that would normally help you to feel normal. So your advice would be to use it um, infrequently or maybe even just once with a guide to have right. the experience. Right. I currently use it about once a year, usually with my wife, because I found it very helpful for clearing out any spider webs that are between us, any anything that are kind of withholds or anything that might be going on beneath the surface that is interrupting our more open, loving communication. Nice. And how does it work with PTSD? Well, when I Zoom with people who are on the drug, we talk about the initial trauma experience. And what it does is it makes it so that it's very easy to talk about and even re-experience those traumas in a way that feels safe and open and full of love and relaxation. So it clears out the resistance and often gives people new insights as to what they learned from it, how they can let go of the trauma. It almost like reconditions the nervous system, it would seem, that instead of it, the trauma being surrounded by fear and resistance and negative stories, it has a spaciousness to it, an acceptance, an allowing, or even a love that allows people to move forward in a new way. It's really magical what I see happen when people use it with the right intention. Well, I have a much better picture of it now. Thanks so much for that. And then there's um, one other drug I want to talk about, which is 5-MeO-DMT, which is different than just DMT. 5-MeO-DMT is a very short-acting drug uh, lasts anywhere from five to 25 minutes. Uh, it's something you smoke. And what I've found with that particular drug is it's very intense during this short period of time. But many people say it's the most profound spiritual experience of their life. And once again, you can take this drug in a microdose, which I do about once every two months. And when I do, it helps me get in touch with what I call higher guidance. In fact, I took it last week and I'll ask like, how can I better serve people? Or what do I need to know in my life right now? And I get really clear guidance, almost like a, a separate being is talking to me saying, go in this direction. And I wrote down you know, a page of notes and it's like, 
it's like a great guru, which I don't normally have access to <laughs> unless I microdose this stuff. And the guidance always seems right on when I read it later. You know, it's not like a pot revelation where you read it and you go, hmm, it says the room smells funny. You know, that's not, that's not the level. <laughs> it's like usually right on. And I go, wow, that's really good. Um, and then there's taking a large dose of 5-MeO-DMT, which is uh, the best way to describe it would be you leave your ego 100% behind. It's almost like what... I imagine people experience when they have a near-death experience. It's very intense and it's a total letting go into God, consciousness, your true nature, however, you know, people have different experiences, but it had, it kind of moved the goalpost for me. You know, I thought that, you know, some something was possible. And then when I took the a large dose of five, MEO DMT. I went from the the galaxy orientation to the uh, the milk to the universal orientation. It just made this trip we're on seem that much bigger. Ah, oh, that sounds lovely. Now I don't want to uh, minimize how actually, in some ways, wonderful a lot of these seem. But since um, you know we talked about the structure of this episode as being somewhat you know, a skeptic and a, and a believer. Um, I just want to bring in a couple of skeptic thoughts, which is one of the, in terms of spiritual realization, one of the, I, I believe, the major and most helpful techniques of all is the absolute surrender of the idea that you need to change your experience anyway, or have any conditions on experience, and you're allowing this moment to be exactly as it is without focusing on some future state or past memories. It seems to me that that's so crucial to the uh, to um, spiritual inquiry and non-dual spirituality. It, it, it's other than other than inquiry, the allowing everything to be as it is and experiencing this moment unfiltered as the most important. And it seems like drugs are a way or can be used as a way to get out of this moment, to change my experience, because there's something wrong with the way I'm experiencing now. So it seems in some ways to contradict that principle. What do you think? Yeah, it all, it all depends on one's intention. And it certainly can be used that way. And that is one of the dangers of it, for sure. Uh, I think if you use it with a, quote, spiritual intention infrequently, it can help you see that reality, this moment has like many layers to it, which can be hard to see without that initial tool. I, I consider it kind of like a microscope. You know, you don't want to look at the world through a microscope all the time. But if you look at the world through a microscope once or twice, you see that, wow, there's a lot going on that I wasn't seeing before. And that can stay with you and can help you when you're not on the drug say, okay, I'm missing 99% of reality right now. Let me let me be more fully in this moment and see those layers because I know those layers are here right now like they're always here. Yeah, the microscope analogy is a really good one. 
But I don't want to discount how, you know, so many people abuse these things and they don't set up a sacred intention with help to get the most out of them. And, you know, if you do them a lot, they start to become less useful. I remember Ramdas said he uses LSD like once every two years just to make sure he's not in some kind of mental rut, but that it doesn't seem to do that much for him anymore. And I kind of agree with that, that the most value is the the first few times you take it and then there's diminishing returns. That's That's important to know. Yeah. Although I haven't found that with MDMA, you know, as I said, I take that once a year and I would say in a way that has gotten even more useful for me because I know exactly what I want to do with it. And as I've gotten better at opening into that fearless heart space, it feels like I can do more while in that space. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about a practical thing. What about the legalities of all of this? Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, You know, in Oregon, magic mushrooms, psilocybin are now legal. Uh, Next year, it looks like MDMA, 2023, MDMA will be made legal as a therapeutic modality that psychiatrists can prescribe. But, you know, there's a danger. Usually the government doesn't go after one person taking the drug. When I work with people, they get the drug through some means if if necessary. I I hook them up with somebody who can get the drug for them and they take it while I work with them on Zoom. And so I don't have any any legality problem. They are taking something in the privacy of their own home. And I have, of the hundreds of people I've worked with, exactly zero of them have gotten into legal trouble because taking one drug for therapeutic purposes on your own is very different than selling 50,000 doses to high schoolers. Hmm. Well, still, I think it's fair to say that I, I would like to put a disclaimer into this episode, which is that uh, this podcast episode is for information purposes only and is not uh, encouraging or instructing or in any way promoting any activity that may be illegal. Thank you for that. And it's really a matter of getting all the information. And it's hard to get unbiased information because you have the camp, like we talked about in the middle way, where, you know, there's a polarization. The people who say everybody should be taking it and it's wonderful, the Timothy Leary types. And then you have the the, the people who say all drugs are bad while they're drinking their coffee and, 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 uh, and sipping their martini. Uh-huh. So, you know, <laughs> so uh, the reality is that the smart, intentional use of some things for higher purposes can be useful, and the stupid use of any drug is, is a problem in this society where a lot of people are using various drugs to distract and even kill themselves, and it is an epidemic, and it is a tragedy. Yeah, so I think that the warnings are really helpful to our listeners um, to be very careful. But what else would you consider to be the most helpful thing you can tell our listeners? Well, I think you have to be careful anytime you're dealing with an illegal substance now to make sure that it is not 
mixed with other more dangerous drugs. Uh, a huge number of people are dying of fentanyl now. I would tell people stay away from anything having to do with opioid at this point, which I think are not useful drugs uh, in general because they can be mixed with dangerous chemicals that can kill people. Usually that does not apply to LSD, magic mushrooms, or MDMA, but that's not without a possibility. I have heard of people taking what they thought was MDMA and having a clearly bad experience that was not that drug. How do you find out whether, uh, whether it's real or, or, or fake or cut with something? Well, you can send it to labs, but the best way is that you have a very trusted source who is reliable. Um, luckily, I do know people in the business who have have those credibilities for me. And there is a big underground market of, of uh, chemists that work at universities that I know that uh, trust me and I trust them, and that's taken many years to find those people. I would say that if you do not have those types of connections, then you should be skeptical. And if anything, start with a very, very small dose of anything that you get to make sure that that batch or that concoction is not dangerous to your physical body. Thanks. Well, this has been really interesting conversation. I am not sure that I've moved from skepticism, but I do appreciate knowing more. And I think mm -hmm. that uh, that armed with being armed with knowledge helps us to make saner decisions. I totally agree with that. And as I said, I don't so much think of myself as a proponent of these medicines. I think of myself as an informer of what they need to know to make an intelligent decision about these powerful medicines and chemicals. And I do have a meditation that if a person has had either a plant medicine or some kind of drug experience in their life, or they've had any type of really higher, very powerful experience, it can help to reenact that experience. And I thought that I would uh, guide our listeners in that in a moment. But I do want to also put in a plug for our Patreon supporters. Thank you. You make this possible. The reviewers of our podcast, you also help. And if you want a bunch of extra stuff from us, go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers and explains what we'll give you for as little as $1 a month. Anything else you can think of before we go into meditation, Brian? No, not right now. I thank you for that. And uh, I'm eager to hear the meditation. So why don't we jump right in? Sounds good. Okay. Well, as always, find yourself in a comfortable position. Relax. Take a couple of slow, deep breaths. Close your eyes if you can. Now, I want you to remember a time that you had a spirit medicine or really any altered or higher state of consciousness that you really enjoyed. You may have had several, but for now, just focus on one of them.
Remember where you were, who you were with, if anyone, and the anticipation of having this experience again. Remember what the weather was like, what your mood was like. Now imagine that you're actually taking this spirit medicine again, or you're reenacting going back to this event again where you got high. And slowly at first, start to tune into feeling it vibrationally in your body. In fact, with each breath, like a radio, you tune into the energy and feeling of this particular high experience. Your breathing becomes like a, a bellows fueling, coming on to this experience or this is spirit medicine more and more. Good. Now imagine that you have a knob on the back of one of your hands and you can turn up or down the intensity of your experience. The knob is now at level two out of 10, with 10 being the deepest and most intense coursing through your body. See what it's like to turn up the knob to level four, where you surrender to the feeling and frequency of this medicine or this experience even more. Breathe it in. Notice how your body feels different. And notice any ways you begin to experience things differently than before. Feel your heart radiating like the sun as you let go into this experience more and more with each breath. If you want, you can turn up your experience to level six or seven or even eight if you wish. Now, silently, think a phrase to yourself that represents this experience as you open up to an even deeper experience. It might be a phrase like, radiant, vibrating heart, or opening up to spaciousness, or deeper into now, or your own phrase that represents this higher, enjoyable experience. And just say it to yourself as you surrender more and more deeply to this exquisite moment. Breathe it in. Now I want you to think of a situation in your life you'd like more clarity or insight on. 
It could be in a relationship, a problem at work, or anything that shows up. As you contemplate this one situation or relationship, ask yourself, what would be helpful to know or what would be helpful to do here? What would be helpful to know or what would be helpful to do here? Allow any insight to just come to you in this open and higher state of mind. What would be helpful to know or do in this situation or relationship? Just listen for whatever insights or feelings feel right to you. Once again, get in touch with the feeling of highness or enjoyment or ecstasy or peace as you surrender to the higher experience that is within you. And whether you got clarity now or will be getting more insight in the future, allow yourself to come back to the feeling of your body on your chair. Slowly turn down the knob of highness or whatever you are experiencing, if you wish, as you come back to feeling your body. Take as much time as you want. Slowly wiggle your fingers. And then when you're ready, slowly begin to open your eyes. Welcome back. Uh, How was that for for you, Brian? I enjoyed it very much. I love the dial or the knob image, and I love the radiating sun image. And I love the fact that it can be really useful no matter what, whether you have had an experience with hallucinogenics or spirit medicines or drugs or any or not, or just any wonderful experience you can use it for. Yeah, we forget that, you know, if you've experienced something once, your brain knows how, knows the experience and can kind of slowly but surely find its way back to that. And that ability can be strengthened each time you practice that. So I will often think of specific plant medicine experiences I've had and just remember it and bring it up and just kind of let go into that experience. And also with other experiences, times in nature where I wasn't on anything or times that I was fully loving and open and just kind of find my way back to that experience more and more as I sit with it, remember it and surrender to it. And that's an easy way to um, get better at experiencing higher states of consciousness. Beautiful. So um, hopefully something we said today is useful to you or someone you love. If so, feel free to uh, spread the word and let them know. 
because it's really important when it comes to these things to be very well informed and smart rather than reckless. Yes, I, I agree. And I thank you for that. And I think this was very informative and I hope that it was helpful in that way. Um, but just as a, as a closing note for me, uh, who is still somewhat a skeptic, I want to put in a plug for the other side, mm -hmm. which is when you're thinking about this kind of thing, think twice about whether you're trying to change your experience in any way and ask yourself, what if I didn't do anything to change my experience whatsoever? On the other hand, I do understand, and you made a good point, that it's different for everybody, and we all need to find the paths that work for us. Well, with that, as a good summary, uh, you can't do better than to say that, and to also say our final tagline, as always, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.